Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm Ian Martin from Passion of the Nerd. I am Zachary Patton Garcia. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And uh, we have our first guest today for our Angel coverage. Uh, she is a writer for ComicBook.com and co-host of the podcast Phase Zero. Hello, it's Jamie Jirak. Thank you for having Hi, me. Hi, Jamie. So we're here to talk. Um, Ian, you know how to correctly say this word, and I do not. <laughs> Somnambulist. <laughs> right. This yes. is the uh, bullshit right here. Ian already <laughs> knows that I don't. I don't. I don't do. A, a big word like this, and you invite me on for the one with the big word. <laughs> well, the good thing is that big word like barely comes into it at all. <laughs> Do we know what that is? What does it mean? There's actually an interesting little bit of uh, just an interesting note about the title of the episode. So the definition of some somnambulist, a person who walks around, eats or performs other motor acts while asleep, sleepwalker. Um, and the original title of the episode was The Killer I Created. But, uh, and this is just according to the Wikipedia article, a summary of the episode leaked. So Tim Minear changed the name of the episode um, to as a mislead for fans. Which is so weird, like, that this would, like, I don't know, who cares, right? Um, you need, like, a mislead for, like, a throwaway episode. I don't know. But- I feel like it was Ian Carlos Crawford that leaked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so wait, the crazy thing is, and I... I can't even remember what it was. I've been trying to catch up on so much TV lately. I can't remember if it was the show Evil or Paper Girls. One of them used this fucking word in a recent episode, and I was like, wait a minute, what? I've literally never heard until until Ian said it out loud. What? You said it out loud in one of our recordings earlier this like season, and I was like, that's how you say that word. And then one of those shows, a character like makes fun of someone because they're like, oh, they think they have somnambulism. And I was like, aha, that's the word. Um <laughs> So yeah, uh, Jamie, do you want to tell us how you got into Angel? Oh my God, I would love to. I know you have some big Angel opinions. I do. Um, I think I, when I was talking about Buffy, it was kind of the same thing. I, I got into Buffy in the sixth grade. Uh, and and then I just, when the sixth season started, uh, I know I'm the younger one. And then um, when uh, I got, I just, that was it. I, I just consumed every bit of content that I could and that included Angel, but I very much, when I look back on that time, what I remember most is the eighth grade is when the fifth season aired. And while Buffy overall, I prefer the fifth season of Angel is my favorite season of television of all time. Uh, I love it so much. And I remember, uh, I think it would air Wednesdays. And every Thursday in the eighth grade, I would have a little powwow with my science teacher. And uh, we would talk about the episode before. And I'll never forget when the hundredth episode aired, I cried myself to sleep. And I came back into school the next day and my teacher was like, are you okay, Jamie? I've, I've been really worried about you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty upset. Uh, but um, but that's that was- so cute. Yeah. So that was, that's always, um, always, the, it's all about the fifth season for me. Cause that's what I really remember watching in real time. I mean, I have a giant Illyria tattoo. Uh, so that's, yeah. uh, that's definitely, uh, the, the, the beginning of a long history. <laughs> the, uh, the hundredth episode, was that a hole in the world? No, uh, it's, you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, because I, 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 I actually, I do agree with you. I know some people don't love the fifth season as much, but I, and I, of course, miss Cordelia. Like it would have been made better by Cordelia's appearance in it. But like, I, it is, I, it's so good. I think it's so good. I, I love that you love it so much that you have an Illyria tattoo because Jamie has showed me pictures and it is a fucking good tattoo. I really <laughs> want to see this tattoo now. I will. <laughs> One day, the other side of my leg is going to have dark willow to balance her out, but it hurts so Ooh. bad. It, I have a lot of tattoos, and it's the one that hurt the most. So I'm like, I keep putting it off. 
That's so funny. I would think that you would be like kind of immune to that shit by now because you have nope. so many. Nope. Uh, I am not. <laughs> I'm a weak person. I, it's a shocking that I, ha- I have as many as I do because they hurt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> My tattoo artist, last time I went to him, he was like, it's okay. I know you're going to be a big baby. And then was like, oh, I forgot that you're always surprisingly not as much of a baby as I think you'll be. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, this episode stars, um, who does it star, Jamie? <laughs> oh, the one, the only, Jeremy Renner. Oh my god, it's so weird. <laughs> it was fucking weird, man. This was a fever dream. I, I, And I'm blind. Like, I have not had contacts in a good bit, so I had to get real up close to the TV, and I was like, is that Jeremy freaking Renner? <laughs> <laughs> it's such weird casting, and like, why make him do that accent in the flashback? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, also, in his wig, he looks like in the uh, thumbnail on the Wikipedia article for this episode. I was like, wait, is that spiked? Like in thumbnail version in that wig in the badly shot dark alley, it just looked like spiked. And I was oh. like, oh, I forgot he was in this episode. He is not. How do we feel about this episode? Like overall, uh, Jamie, I- I- I'm curious if you like love it, love it, or you think it's bad, love it or what? I'm kind of in the middle. I, I love it because I just think it's so silly. I think watching, I, I have mixed feelings about Renner. I, I do like Renner for the most part as like an actor, as a person, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But, uh, I, right. but this is like my first memory of him. And, uh, and, but now going back, like with being like a big Marvel and Mission Impossible fan, it's so, it's just silly to watch him be this character. Cause he's not, he doesn't usually play that kind of character. Um, I do right. really like the Kate arc of this. Um, that she, like, uh, that she finally like learns everything. So that aspect I really like about it and it's early Wesley. So, uh, all the Wesley stuff just makes me laugh. So overall, I do really enjoy this episode, even if it is a little goofy. And, uh, Zach, what'd you think of it? Was this your first time watching this one, Zach? This was my first time watching this one. Oh, shit. Um, uh, he, he doesn't come back in it, right? This is a one-off for him. Okay. I don't like that. I don't like how – because I think the last episode I was on for for Doyle's death, they brought something – you know, the big bad for that episode was just in that one episode. I really didn't like that. And I don't like that we have somebody who's supposed to be significant enough for Angel that he's going to like – I I don't know. His reactions spelt out that it was, you know, significant enough for him. But we don't see this guy again. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm a hard sell on you know, bringing somebody in just to kill him off. It would have been maybe a little bit better if they led into a couple more episodes. But overall, I I didn't hate it, actually. I, pre- I, I liked it pretty well. Yeah. Ian? Yeah, Angel does that a couple of times. Now, yeah. uh, uh, Jeremy Renner is one of them. There's a vampire couple later in the series that comes back for just one episode. It seems like, why have we never heard of this couple before but i love this episode i i think it's one of the most successful you know the first season and a half about is kind of the the noir experiment where they were trying to do the case of the week uh you know detective 1940s feeling mixed with vampire fantasy and i think this is one of the more successful ones and i also think uh, eliminating five by five, you have to grade season one on a curve. Yeah. And based on that, this is uh, one of the best episodes of season one, I think. You know, Ian, that's what I struggle with too, right? Because it's like, oh, season one like is rough, but then the faith episodes are very good. And it's like, yeah. well, we know that it can be good. Like, well, um, and like I mean, Cornelia's with- episode, The Room with a View, that episode's good. But like, yeah. The thing is, with, the, with those 
those episodes borrow heavily from Buffy. Yeah. You know, yeah. E- uh, even Cordy-centric episodes, Cordy is established and grown and solid from Buffy. Right. But the in terms of, and, and certainly the Faith episodes borrow from Buffy, but in terms of the show finding its own identity and figuring out who Angel is and all of that, this one stands above and, and, and doesn't have that, you know, crutch is the wrong word because borrowing from Buffy is a wonderful thing, but right, um, yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't have that, that, that thing going on. So even with the, you know, the noir becomes camp here and there, especially with wigs and accents, but, um, <laughs> what do you mean? Wigs are great. <laughs> I really love this episode. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I don't look upon this episode fondly. I just, I, one, I don't like Kate that much. Like she, she's so written so unbalanced like the way she starts this episode i'm like oh no i like this version of their relationship where it's like a little bit flirty but nothing intense and they just can be cool and like work together but like when they get the like hyper aggressive antagonistic attitude towards each other i fucking hate it and that's what she has most of the time but it goes back and forth right and that for me like drives me nuts because i'm like i just want her to pick one and feel that way about Angel. Um, and I also, the Kate episodes tend to fall into like Law and Order and vampires. And I really hate Law and Order. <laughs> but to what Zach said, I also fucking hate, because Buffy did this like once or twice, but Angel does it a lot where there's like, this thing is very important for this episode and we will never talk about it again. Um, and that is like my least favorite, especially in these shows where it is serialized. So I'm like, don't tell me this is important. And I know that like I read on the Angel Wiki that in the comics, Spike has a few dreams like this, but like the fact that we've never seen a vampire do this and we don't really get an explanation why only just now is Angel dreaming about him because she even says, oh, he's been in LA a lot um, later on when they're like investigating. I don't yeah, love you're- that. You're right. talking about the the psychic connection between yeah. the two of them when in proximity. Yeah. Yeah. Spike didn't know Angel was in uh, Sunnydale. Right. There's never any indication of uh, any of that going on. Yeah. So like that bothers me. But again, with what Zach said, I actually like surprisingly was like, oh, maybe I do like this episode more than I remember. <laughs> it is hard to separate Jeremy Renner, though. Right. I feel mm-hmm. like we can all agree. Like seeing him in this, it's like, oh, this is silly. He doesn't <laughs> belong here. It's <laughs> <That's> not him. <laughs> um, this is his uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth credit on Angel. and Or excuse me, ninth credit on IMDb. And the oh. rest of the, the other eight are bit parts and little appearances. He was, um, you know, beating the street and grinding at this point, trying oh. to uh, make something of it. He was yeah, yet his, to be his chin strap, too. Oh, you know, that, that chin strap was there. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, and we don't even really see him till about the halfway mark, right? I think it's, it's 15 like, minutes because oh. I, I clocked it. It's He comes in at the 15 minute mark. <laughs> so we open on this dream and i do appreciate the way i appreciate them when they like try to do a different angle and i like that you know it's we see the girl get murdered and then we see angel's face turning unvamp and then sits up and is in his bed i kind of like the darkness the way they play with that then we just like quickly go to kate and it's like her talking about a murderer on the loose we do get a couple of really good cordelia moments in this episode i think Mm -hmm. yeah the thing I like about her and Wesley's dynamic, especially early on, is that, and I, I will say this, going through season one for the podcast, I've appreciated Doyle way more than I did just casually watching, but the show feels like it more knows what it is once Wesley's there, which oh, I yeah. don't understand why. 
But right, yeah. And I like this version of Cordelia and Wesley because Cordelia had been played earlier like she would be the one they're like shrugging off. But now Wesley becomes the one where it's like, oh, you're kind of a dummy and we're shrugging you off. And I like that Cordelia gets that dynamic instead of it being Cordelia the one that they're like, oh, Cordelia. What did, um, I just have a question. What did everybody think of Wesley when you started watching Angel and he came into it? Because I'm still on... I'm still like let's let's say I'm like fresh off season three of Buffy, right? I don't like Wesley, and so right. he's not grow. I'm a, he's two episodes in for me right now. I'm not a big fan. It's so hard to look back because Wesley is my favorite right. television arc of all time. So like I don't even <laughs> remember like because now it's like Wesley's here. But I would imagine back then I was like I don't know this is an interesting choice. But it was so long ago. Now now I'm like give me pump Wesley to my veins. <laughs> yeah, Ian, what do you? Because I feel the same way. It's like hard for me to like separate but yeah ian what did you feel his sort of three uh, first of all uh alexis is wonderful alexis is very funny and he's wonderful Mm -hmm. at the humor but it's just not my brand of humor the pratt fall uh slapstick wesley uh from these early seasons and i i highly disliked him at this point but i but i thought he was due for some character development which he gets a good one in two episodes, three episodes in I've got you under my skin. Yeah. And then certainly five by five, but uh, his arc overall is one of my top three in the show. And that says a lot because I hated his starting place. You know, I thought he was created to create conflict on Buffy season three and he, he did that, but not a lot other than that. Um, for me again, cause I, um, I didn't find him that funny. Right. Yeah. I, because I do love his growth, I get like annoyed with the, like the falling and the, like the, the constant pontificating. I'm like, all right, grandpa, like, come on. Like that does annoy me in these episodes. And I'm like, get to the good Wesley, but you're right. In um, I've got you under my skin is when we start to get a lot more from him and they give him more depth. And I think they realize like, he can do more than just like silly, stupid things of like falling over and being bad and or like being bad at his job. Cause like he also was a watcher, right? So he should right. be just, a, I, I want him to be like slightly more competent because he was like even the watchers that are bad, like Quentin Travers and like that gang, like they still like knew their shit, right? Yeah, they're competent. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and he, it might the the head that I kind of came about with before as I watched the show was you have to kind of explain why Giles gets so mistreated by the Watchers Council, and I think that you know as a patriarchal symbol and all of that, though it's actually looked at as a lesser spot to be the Slayer's Watcher. Because Giles doesn't get invited to the Watchers retreat. Giles uh, doesn't get right. all the memos. They don't communicate with him. They mistreat him. But he is the the Slayer's Watcher. And to me, that's an extension of the way they look at the Slayer as subhuman and their tool and not, you know, not worthy of... She's, she's not a member of the Watchers Council. She's a, a tool of theirs, as, as he says in uh, Checkpoint. So right. that kind of explains why incompetent Wesley is sent to Sunnydale and assigned um, mm-hmm. to her is was the headcanon that I kind of came up with um, working through it because you kind of have to to, uh, to to figure out why they 
why Giles gets so mistreated by the council. I, I'm still glad right. you said that because that's always like kind of driven me crazy. Like how is like, there's only one Slayer. How is Giles not like getting invited to everything? He should be like a really important figure to these people. And I'm, and that's always bothered me. And I like that theory or that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, going all the way to where the Slayer power emerged from uh, somewhere in Africa in whatever you think of that episode the whole idea then is like British colonialism stole all this power around the world. And right. most likely they stole more than just more tools than just taking control of the Slayer. Yeah. So, mm. so in my mind, the Watchers Council probably has a, we know from season seven with uh, uh, Giles rehabilitating Willow that they have the Council of, of Witches. Mm. They have many different tools under their disposal, of which the Slayer is one of them. Mm. I like that headcanon, and I accept that headcanon. <laughs> yeah, so we get uh, Cordelia and Wesley, and I do think, um, and I've said this before, I and now I think that like James Marsters and Charisma Carpenter are both like they can have chemistry with everyone, <laughs> like anyone and everyone, because even in these scenes, their chemistry, her chemistry with Wesley, of course, it's not like romantic, but the like chemistry of like you're kind of annoying, but you're my friend that Cordelia has with him. I, I actually kind I do enjoy that of her being like, eh, I'll be nice to you. You're a little annoying, but like, I don't know. I, I like that chemistry. And I think it's because Cordelia doesn't often get to have that dynamic with someone like normally she's the one that's like, they think she's kind of annoying, but they like her anyway. Right. And I, I liked seeing her get to do that. So he enters, we learn that he has accidentally stolen the, the office next to them, which is the dentist office mail. I like that she says nobody likes a smart-ass rogue demon hunter, um, <laughs> almost like mocking him. Cordelia like tells him to go bring the mail back, and he kind of notices something but doesn't tell her. She just asks if something's wrong because he stopped yammering. He leaves. Angel comes in. I feel like they do this a lot where it's like, oh, Angel, you look extra tired. And it's like, no, he doesn't. He looks the same as he always looks. <laughs> like, she keeps saying how tired he looks. But he is kind of out of it. And I guess one would assume that he's dreamed about all of the murders right probably I think so but he always looks out of it <laughs> like I'm having a hard time differentiating here because he 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 pretty much enters every episode the same way where Cordelia is at the desk he comes walking in and she says something about like coffee or him being looking sleepy or something right every episode that I've been on yeah this is kind of how Angel enters anyway <laughs> Then what? I forget. It's like they discuss the murders, right? So I realize I missed a part in my notes here. I'm like, then he goes to see Kate. Um, but it's like, he does he talk about the murders or um, Ian, which is it? He uh, has a bit of information he needs to take to Kate and happens to see the murder board that Kate has and okay. realizes that it's more than a dream. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Yes. Yes. And I, again, this dynamic... Like, I like her being like, I forget what she, she's like, oh, they have nothing in common. He's like, well, they have you on the case. And she like gives him a half smile. And I kept, not to talk about season five again, but to talk about season five, I wouldn't have minded her as like a Nina type romantic partner where it's mm -hmm. not anything too serious. They are casual. They are cool. Like, right. I think, I, I think she would have worked well like that. That had to have been the, the point of her in the beginning right right but i feel like they were they had to have been leading up to that until it's she left because she got law and order right isn't that why she left? i think it was like 
Is she actually on Law and Order? Yeah. She yeah. was, yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. It feels she perfect acting for that. Yeah. She's right? done a, a fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that like a thing that a lot of the Angel side characters just wasn't the woman who plays Lila also on Law and Order? Like I feel like a couple of them. I don't know, but I but she but she definitely looks like somebody who would be on Law and Order too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I was gonna say, um there are it's funny how Tim Minear episodes have a have a lot of through lines. Sense and sensitivity is also a Tim Minear episode. I think that was he co-wrote hero and uh but i think the first episode he wrote was that one and that one has the moment where angel leans over behind kate to look at the screen and the camera deliberately shows kate noticing his proximity and it's the Ooh. first kind of visual giveaway of oh you know something going on between the two of them and then there is a little bit of that here before that completely falls off the table yeah, right? Like, that's what I'm curious about, because I do agree with you, Jamie. I feel like they were building towards that, but I wonder, like, because, like, the, the same way that, like, you know, if you read the the wiki for this, they had written this episode with Doyle in it, right? And they had to rewrite mm-hmm. it. Um, so I wonder, like, how much of that was, like, because by the end of the season, they are, they hate each other. By the end of season one, Angel and Kate very much are at odds. And then in season two, there's a few episodes before she leaves, but like, we never really like what the episode where she leaves, we heal it, but that's about it. So I wonder if, I don't know, halfway through season one, they were like, never mind or what? Well, because right, makes like, a comment in this episode where she's like, he cares right. about her more than he knows. I'm right. like, I feel like Cordy's like seeing it unfold. Cause she's, she knows right. these things. Well, and the good thing about Cordy that why why we love her is that like people can like shrug her off, but she's actually like pretty observant with that shit. I think that Kate was a character that contributed something to the original episodic idea of the show, where Ooh. they were just going to do case of the week and it wasn't going to be heavily serialized and all of that. Having a police connection opens up possibilities in the script writing process, so she's kind of a a valuable character in that context. And once the end of season one, they start to swing away back into uh, arc episodes. And it seems like within the arc serialized format, they didn't know what to do with her. Mm. Where you, it's, it's, if you have everyone in the core, everyone who is at the Hyperion or in the office gets regular uh, episode by episode development um, and and character beats and scenes with each other, like Wesley, the chemistry between Wesley and Cordy. Mm. But Kate was was, was never going to be in that office. She was never going to be yeah. there. And so you you have to invent reasons every episode for them to go and visit her in order <laughs> for that to happen. Or what happens, happens. Is her dad died, she becomes uh, anti-angel and disappears except for <laughs> occasional episodes of just showing up and looking i mean she really the writing for her really struggles after they get um yeah. super arky yeah yeah because i barely remember her in season two aside from her last episode mm-hmm. but i know she is in a handful of season two episodes um but so okay so we get uh we learn that the killer is cutting victims on the cheek and carving a little cross into them before draining their blood um she basically like briefs all the cops after Angel leaves. Um, they're gonna 
<laughs> yes, Zachary. <laughs> is she? Is she just? They just gave her the angel character description on the script page, right? And she just like <laughs> that is what it was. <laughs> how did she come up with all of that when she was on the wrong path anyway? Angel had right. to call her. Angel had to tell her, "No, he's mocking God. He's not. <laughs> he's not religious." <laughs> and now all of a sudden, she's got Angel's character description to a T. It's like when she's like, he probably just came off of a big breakup, but it was a first relationship in a long time. I'm surprised she didn't go into like her name was probably something along the lines of Bunny or or <laughs> maybe with an F. I don't it was know. way too close, way too close. <laughs> and so I actually really love this scene. So Wesley comes in to see Cordelia, and he's got the like clipping of the newspaper and Cordelia's very like, oh, you cut up the dentist newspaper and you change out of this building. And I love that he's like, you know, we have to accept that this could be Angel. And I kind of love Charisma's delivery here when she's just like, okay, you have to leave now yes. because he's my friend and like, do not say that he is doing this. I don't care. What, I love that. She's like, I don't care what he did in his powdered wig days. So great. Like that's the friend you want to have. Right. And then the, the immediate switch, yes. like she took no time when he admitted it. <laughs> you stake him. I'll cut his head off. <laughs> she's just good. Like even this isn't even a Cordy episode and she's right. She steals it. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty regular about uh, showing that, one of Angel's prerequisites for his friends is they have to be willing to kill him. Right. Uh, there, there, I think there's a beat with um, Wesley in Sanctuary where that comes up again. And, uh, and Eternity specifically, where uh, oh. he expresses that if you're going to be friends with me, you have to be willing to kill me. And that's why I love that pivot in that scene so quickly is, yeah, Cordy circles the wagons. She's loyal. Um Unless she thinks Angel's turned and then is ready to drop him. And she's experienced um, it too. So like right. she knows she's yeah. ready. She's like, I, I I went through this. I have notes. Where's the sword? Where's the statue? How do we get him into the portal? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's the shit I love with Cordelia, right? Because like, okay, we can portray her as like, okay, she's like flighty and like, you know, has trouble with tact. <laughs> um, but like, she's fucking smart with this shit. And I love the ride or die of like, get out. How dare you? Oh, he did. Well, let's kill him. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. It's like, it's like at the very end of the episode, she's a similar thing. Like, uh, I, there's, there's always, yeah. I mean, like, you know, back when he was Angelus, you know, she was so afraid she had to get her car magicked away from him. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I do like that because like someone like Buffy, Buffy, has trouble with that. Right. Like she, you know, she, yeah. she would do what she has to, but she, it's not something she even wants to think about. Whereas I think court's always on Courtney's mind. Yeah. Unless it's fucking Anya, then she's like, yeah, sure. Kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Still got mad about that. But yeah, no. And I, that also is showing the difference between Cordelia and Buffy, right? Cause Cordelia does, she just, you know, gave her little, like, don't you dare insinuate angel, but then has the turnaround of, yup, kill him. That's smart. <laughs> so we, we, we get that Angel is like, it really might be me, like Angel. And I do, I kind of love the like, Wesley's like, get back. And he's like, how do we know it's you? And he's like, because this is how fast I can disarm you. And like, just like, grabs his arm and throws him away. I kept waiting for them to say the word somnambulist, but they just say <laughs> that Angel might be sleepwalking. I'm like, say the word, say the thing. <laughs> um, because also there are, I feel like Zach, you and I have talked about this. There's so many words I learned from Buffy. Like I always think of corporeal as like, I only ever heard that word on Buffy. 
<laughs> because they would be like, oh, the first is non-corporeal. And I remember thinking that was a word they made up for the show um, <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so then they what? Then they decide to tie him to the bed, right? They chain him <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they do that. And then I do like that Cordelia's like, I'm going to leave because um, she is smart. <laughs> we get the like flashback is it a, it's a flat. Yeah. The, this is the flashback scene, right? Ian. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a flashback, but they cut right before they show Hawk Pyre or Jeremy Renner or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah. So we to Zach's point earlier and I, it just bothers me that like, we're supposed to believe that this is like a guy that was like, you know, he did run with him for a while. And like, we only ever hear or see of him once. I don't know. Or like, I mean, he even says by the end, right? He says like, you are your daddy, your daddy. To right. me. <laughs> um, so it's weird that like, this is just a, a single, it, it must be because angels done this quite a few times. And there's a bunch yeah. of like little angel children running around. Um, <laughs> but the, the flashbacks, man, come on. It's just hello wig. <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> I don't even know. What would the wigs name be like Sherry or something like that? <laughs> It's um, it's it's bad. The accents are awful, and I don't know why would they would force the actors to do these. Uh, they they can't. These actors cannot add this to their reel. They cannot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did this wonderful accent in an episode of Angel. I always remember um, when uh, Anthony Oliveira and I interviewed Kali Rocha, who played Halfrek, and her saying how crispy those wigs were. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so I always said. She's like, "Oh, poor James Marsters had to wear that crispy wig on his head." Oof. <laughs> And like, I just always think like, hmm, wonder how crispy that was. But yeah, so we learn that what it's his sister that they're killing, right? Is that what he says? That yeah. Like Jeremy, yeah. 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 They like realize that like a murder did happen because Angel's dramatic and is like, no, I did make it happen. But he means... He's being dramatic. Right. Being dramatic. <laughs> and then we cut to Jeremy Renner. So Jeremy Renner's <laughs> styling changes a couple times throughout this episode that when yes. he's in just in his apartment and like pinning things to the wall, he... He doesn't look like the vampire that's out there that, like, you know, we see later on in the episode. So I got confused. Yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to sort through that a little bit too. Uh, this time, I think that I, I got his character in a way that I didn't before. Okay. Um, I the episode. One of the things that I love this episode, but one of the things that put me off about it uh, is his. He's just not that intimidating. Uh, he's, uh, you know, Angel's a drama queen, and that's part of his character, and it's really fun. You got peanut butter on the bed. <laughs> Jeremy Renner's character is a is a campy drama queen, and there's a big distinction there. Is like he's incredibly performative, and mm. you see him in his uh, that the room alone doing his own uh, murder board or whatever uh, angel called it in the whole thing. Yeah. And he looks like a nineties frat D bag uh, <laughs> in, in that particular shot. And then when he goes to see angel, he's wearing his black velvety outfit with the red, uh, yeah. uh, uh, whatever it is. It's his performative nature. It's his constantly needing to show off and, and, um, elevate himself and look better. He, he uh, a bold reinterpreter of the form. I think that's a tough line to say. And I think Jeremy Renner, when he, I, I think Jeremy Renner is great. He, I rather, the, I enjoy his, the performances of, of what I've seen him in, but um, clearly those are words he hasn't said out loud very often. <laughs> and yet 
I think that fits pretty well for the character who is doing this kind of dramatic performative uh, act as opposed to Angel was that, you know, um, oh. he is is faking it and wants to to show daddy that, you know, that he really can be just like him. I think is the idea that they were going for there. So kind of grokking to that this time, I, 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 I enjoyed the, what felt like negatives in the performance before kind of now feel like they fit within his character. Yeah. I mean, it's the glasses for me. It's not even performance. <laughs> it's the glasses that appear in one scene only. That, that's a good point. Why would a vampire need glasses? Wouldn't his eyes heal or correct themselves? Although, uh, no. Um, Listen, I feel like we've had so many vampire, like the inconsistencies. Yeah. yeah. And we had, there was the, the vampire in season, in Buffy season two. I, I was just, think, I yeah. just yeah. thinking of him, the, the nerd vampire. Yeah. Yeah. The nerdy, but still Victorian dressing vampire. I like the idea that runners just like, like these look like murderer glasses. Uh, I don't need them, but I have to look at my murder wall with my murder glasses. He's like, oh my God, this is such a look. Let's get the glasses too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we get Angel kind of explains to them what happened. And he's like, I got to tell Kate. And Wesley very correctly points out, like, you can't just, I love what he's like. You can't walk in there saying, you know, every intimate detail of these murders and then blame a 200 year old Puritan, Um, (laughs) which is true. I also love the, I like was like, what the fuck did he say? When he's like, you'd be locked up faster than Lady Hamilton's virtue, and then turns to Cordelia and apologizes, <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> because same, but I was Ian. Did you did you do this already? Because I feel like you're you're the brains when it comes. You're the watcher when it comes to this shit. What? I I have what that means because I I'm assuming did ever oh, anyone else know what that meant? Because I did. I think I looked it up when I uh, wrote about this video for the channel, but I can't mm-hmm. remember. I can't remember what it was this time. And the thing I love about that joke is that because of Cordy's disdain and with <laughs> which she responds to him, it still works really well. Not knowing the reference, it probably works yes. well knowing the reference and to seeing how uh, nerdy uh, he is. But it works really well not knowing the reference. It's a great line. Yes, I think you're right because it's in her delivery of like, she's annoyed at the fact that she's like, I don't fucking know what that is. Like, who cares? Um, but uh, pop quiz, Jamie or Zach, did either of you know what the fuck that reference was? No. Uh, we, okay. can, we can come up with one right here, right so now. Wait, I, 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 I have it. Lady, ah. this, is so, this is so weird. Um, and I'm wondering what writer was like, oh, that reference. Because I, I don't know what any of this shit is. Uh Lady Hamilton, wife of Sir William Hamilton, was born Emma Hart, a woman of great beauty and charm who rose from humble origins to international fame. Emma attracted the attention of Lord Horatio Nelson, with whom she had a (laughs) notorious romantic liaison with until his death at the the Battle of Trafalgar. Although she inherited money from both Hamilton and Nelson, her extravagance led her into debt and she died in poverty. Like, Yeah, I would love to... You know, I love at this point, I, I, I love knowing how the sausage is made. And I would love <laughs> to know, you know, uh, if you're writing an episode with uh, I, I heard an interview with Jane Espenson or uh, it was one of the commentaries where she was talking about how she had to look up facts about this character because this character had a particular kind of job and you mm-hmm. want it to sound authentic. So you look it up for the sake of authenticity. But that is such a deep cut. Right. Because there's layers to that joke, which is that it needs to be obscure in an English sort of way. 
but so obscure that it makes Wesley look ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I love the layers to that one. That's I great. feel like I should be laughing too with my pinky up while, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. on, uh... <laughs> um, so then we, we get the precinct. Um, we get the little Kate hitting on Angel and she's like, not that the brooding doesn't work for you because it does work for mm. you. Um, and this is like, I feel like this episode has the most heavy implications slash flirtations between them, but then by the end it's gone. Um, he has to talk to her in private and he puts up a drawing that looks like Nicole Kidman in the hours. <laughs> and is like, this is him. <laughs> like even the hair looks like the way she had her hair in that movie. Um, and normally they're pretty good with their, like, when he would draw Buffy, quote unquote, like, it would look like Sam Michelle Geller. I don't think that looks like Jeremy Renner at all. <laughs> um, But so she, like, asked him if he's protecting a source, which he could have said yes. And he just, like, is, like, shady and doesn't answer. And it's like, just just lie. Say yes. Like, that's, we need to wrap this up, dude. <laughs> um, He leaves to go, like, meet Wesley in the car. And they're going to monitor through the police radio. Um, and then we cut to a kid that is doing what, Jamie? Um, what is he doing? Uh, <laughs> a teen. Walking? I don't remember. Like, <laughs> I watched it yesterday and I'm like, this is a trick we question. We just what, what do teens do? He's, uh, he's uh, <laughs> watching TV. Uh, oh, trying to get alcohol. The, the yes, kid's trying to get yeah. alcohol. Yes. I was like, I, I what are we doing? I completely forgot that Zane too. I was, I, we, I, good pickup there because I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get people to buy him beer. <laughs> and uh, he encounters Jeremy. That was, that was really good, Jay. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, that's a, that's a game show right there. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Keeping you on your toes. Um, so he encounters Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner, and he says that he'll buy him alcohol, but like takes him down an alley to like, I, he says like, what, another alcohol? liquor store or whatever. I don't, yeah, I don't what, 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 what was the line that got him to go with him, right? Right? Because like, like, the liquor store was right there. Over here, you want to see a puppy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a puppy. I mean, that might get us, Zach. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might. <laughs> Sarah Michelle so Gellar, you want to meet her? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she's <laughs> down here in this murder alley, and I won't murder you, I promise. Um, so he brings him down this alley. We see that, like, Kate and... Wait, no. No, no, no. They do have two fights. I was like, wait, we can't be at the end already, but they have two okay. different. I, yeah. I'm glad that you messed, d- just did that because every single time <laughs> I've watched this episode, which is probably 15 times, every time that that showdown happens, I'm like, okay, the episode's over. Nice stuff. And then it's like, wait, there's like 10, 15 minutes left. It's a right. weirdly paced moment. It really is, right? Because it feels like that's the final. Yeah. Because Kate goes in and then Angel goes in. Um, they saved the kid. Um, he only got... He only did one part of the cross on the kid's face. Um, Kate goes in. Angel goes in. She. This is when she like learns about vampires, and this is where she starts to annoy me even more because I really hate the like. Well, you've proven that I can trust you, but now I'm going to be mad at you because you're a vampire. And it's like mm, I don't know. Um, she shoots Jeremy Renner. He gets back up. He attacks her. Angel pops in, and I mean it said this in the Angel article. It is weird, right? If like we're introducing, they can dream about each other. He like doesn't know that Angel has a soul. It's like they don't know anything about each other. Okay, right. so this, this murder thing, right? I'm I'm big into the true crime. So this right. murderer is is murdering people who are representing members of his family, correct? And he's doing it over and over and over again for mm. how many years? And we've never picked up on this, <laughs> right? <laughs> 
it always bothers me because like I, I yeah I it feels like Angel I don't know it's like did Angel really, just forget he had a son named Jeremy Renner I mean I understand right? if so but I mean he's lived a long time you know <laughs> true he's got a lot of bastard children out there is what I'm guessing <laughs> he's like yeah I don't know I got a bunch of kids everywhere um Jeremy Renner finds out that Angel is a good vampire they have like you know their fight um. Angel tells Kate to get out of there, but like he gets thrown into Kate and then Renner escapes. Uh, we were talking about things that appear and disappear. So there's a scene in Buffy, the first season, where Principal Flutie stops her from leaving the property and he closes the gate. And you get a low angle shot of Buffy's feet leaving the ground on one side of the gate yes. and then coming down on the other. And so Buffy has super jumping. Buffy right. can super jump and it never makes an appearance again. Uh, at any point in the show, Je- Renner jumps to the third floor of the building through <laughs> a window. And then the, uh, the, I actually, I like the kind of kineticism of the angel and uh, Renner fight in that scene, but they are flying into the ceiling and up yeah. walls and all of that. Um, and you would think that, you know, angel punching spike, there would be some of that. I mean, I, I again, I realized 22 episodes uh, right, right. a season. Uh, the, the, that is the answer to every one of the consistency questions. <laughs> it really but, is. <laughs> you know, we're, we, we're here to, in some ways to talk about what could have been. You know, because we do get a little bit of that in the Angel Spike fight in season five. Oh, right? yeah, I forgot mm. about that. It's Mountain Dew. Right, right. But like never any other fight that they have. Yeah, that's, so it, and that yeah. fight is one of the most memorable I- yeah. in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he leaves. And the weird thing that like is another Kate thing that annoys me is like, he's left. The police are there. We're like post fight. Everyone's. And then she, then she pulls a gun on angel. I know he's like, just standing there and he makes a step forward. And she's like, ah, yeah. You know? And it's like, come on, man. How long were we waiting here? Cause there was a clear, like, uh, time jump here, right. at least like 20 minutes or so, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm like, you're, you're just pulling that gun on him now. Like what? I do love the melodrama of her, him grabbing her cross. It's so dramatic. <laughs> there are things in yeah. the dark that you don't want to talk about. And the other thing that I like is it's a nice little parallel to the first time he and Buffy kiss where yeah. her cross mm. burns him on the chest. Um, mm. there, it, it's a nice little echo of that beat that I appreciate. Well, I love those moments in, in, both shows because when when Spike lays on the cross too, right? I like the yeah. vampires toying uh-huh. with the cross, it, or or you know using the cross for for whatever reason they do. But they go back to that a lot through both shows, and I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, Marsters elevates that monologue to kind of Shakespearean levels of uh, his performance, yeah. in that is so seamless and perfect and makes me cry every single time. Angel has so many cheesy eighties action lines that I love. I'm not, I'm not getting down on it. I love it. I'm going to find him and then I'm going to share my feelings, you know, uh, and, and him grabbing the cross has that sort of that fun, uh, it's more, uh, it's more lost boys than Anne Rice, I guess would be the distinction I try and make. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they they disperse. So like Kate is refusing to believe. Angel's like, you know what I am, blah, blah, blah. And then we see her later at the precinct getting all the like I, I I'm not quite sure if it's like 
did she just say like anyone who's killed? I am not sure what files it is that she's getting, right? Because the officer's like, oh, do you think the killer's a history buff? And she's like, something like that. I don't know. She pulls everything. Oh, that's she when she's it. beginning her research on Angel rather than uh, in the next scene when Angel comes and knocks on her door. She's uh, he says, "You've been doing your homework." So those uh, she's reading about the old murders, but also and is is researching Angel. Well, that that's what I mean, though. But I, like, how does she word that when asking an officer for files? Like, what <laughs> files is she asking for? You know what I mean? It's like I, they're gonna I, I file on Angelus. Oh, yeah, Renner called him. Angelus, so she's like, Google search the name Angelus. <laughs> well, but as we've learned from like Buffy, I feel like Angelus information is only in those old ass textbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, the, the funny thing is, uh, Tim wrote for the X Files before this. So, mm. you, you know, bring, bring <laughs> me the X Files. Yeah. And like, as someone who loved the X Files but has trouble rewatching it, they did do a lot of that, right? Where it's just like, well, let's look into it. And then they find research on whatever the thing they need to find research yeah. is. Um, so sure. Then we cut to um, one of the best scenes. Uh, yes. Cordelia is doing her shtick that we saw her doing earlier to the empty chair. But then we see that it is Jeremy Renner. Zach, what do you think of the scenes? I feel like you probably I love it. I, I, love, yeah. I love that she sometimes just takes an extra second to be like, right? well, shit, I just gave you my information and I <laughs> my, my bells were already going off, right? It's very much um, that first episode where she's like you know, yeah. talking to him and then she's like, and you're a vampire, you know? Um, uh, what, what more do you say about Charisma Carpenter? We love her. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery of like get me a steak and what did she say it's it's nine in the morning <laughs> she's like oh no, right 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 what else did she say she said oh, uh, let me fucking find it i have to find it we don't judge but we will charge yeah <laughs> she's so good and like the the delivery like you said zach it really is her delivery is very much like the like invite me to their house with no windows and hey you're a vampire i love that she's like yeah that's tate you know blah 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 and you are pumping me for information you're him the way she like bleeds those statements together even though they're separate but like it's like one full sentence i love it it's because she's never really on like uh she's always on a stream of consciousness thought right yeah a thought yeah. bubble just like a single thought bubble that just keeps going and going and going and then she realizes something at the end you know it's, <laughs> it's such a fine line the um and sometimes it's a, it, it's a miss for me. The whole bit in, uh, uh, oh, God, I invited him into my car. That means he can get into my car anytime <laughs> he wants. Didn't work for me because there's a fine line between the way Cordy thinks, which is completely present and in the moment, mm-hmm. and stupid. She's right, not yeah. stupid. She's just yeah. incredibly present. Like when Buffy read her head and her <laughs> thought was, I don't see what this has to do with me. And then she says, I don't see what this has to do with me. You know, she's incredibly smart. She's a high tester, uh, which is something they uh, include in those seasons. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, there's a there's a there's a fine line, but I think it's nailed in this one. Yeah. And I and the thing I also love is that he threatens her and he's like, you'll never make it to the exit. And she knows that. So she's opening the blinds to the window and like, <laughs> that's smart, right? Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. um angel walks in and i i the thing i also love about this is that she could have easily been the damsel in this scene but it's wesley that is the damsel in this scene yeah Mm -hmm. Um, and then the sunlight i know that we're like we say this all the time right the sunlight like never makes sense (laughs) vampire rules never make sense but they could live a full life during the day 
just like this, right? If they just have to be out of direct sunlight, right. that is perfectly doable if we're, if yeah, we're seeing this. They're like orchids. Direct sunlight burns, but bad uh, sunlight is completely oh okay. Goodness. But yeah, exactly. I feel like we live those lives with recording all the time. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm out of direct sunlight right now, but I'm still happy. He had that jacket, so he must have done like the spike maneuver where he's like putting right. it over yeah, his yeah. head and running. Yeah, at the, the end you see him like run out, but like somebody, either Wesley or Cordelia, could have run after him and just pulled the jacket off of him real quick, you know? Right. Just pulled down. <laughs> Oh, like, aha, gotcha. That'd be really funny, Jeff. <laughs> oh, then we get that weird montage of like Kate doing research, Jeremy Renner doing whatever. Yeah, that, that again to me is the episode trying to do the it's noir mashup noir, stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. that, that, it, that bit is incredibly, you know, 50s detective beating the street. Uh, well, the close ups on her face, what she's doing, research, all of that, you know, and if you like the mashup, um, I think it's fun. Otherwise, it's it's a little silly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And then uh, we get Angel. He goes to see Kate, and he wants to, like, I guess, discuss what's going on. This, for me, sucks. Like, I hate that Kate is like, I'm not inviting you in. Thanks for the offer, but I don't need your help. And it's like, dickhead, you clearly did need his help. You've needed his help all <laughs> but season. But I don't agree like- with you. I don't agree with you. So I get I get the, um, she does need his help. And this would be the case that she does need his help. Um, and, and. She doesn't know vampires. He knows vampires, right? So I get you there. But like her not inviting him in, I think like tracks particularly well because why would she? You know, she just finds out he's this thing. She doesn't really know about these things all that much. She's like, you know, just learning about these things. Everybody knows, you know, you don't invite a vampire in. Why would she do that? You know, I agree I, because it's like she's learning a little bit about his past and uh, he's killed a lot of people. You know, even if she he has helped her, I would I would be a little iffy, too, as a like a woman. Like, maybe don't come <laughs> into my home in this moment in yeah. time. Fair. I think it, I think it's tough to rewatch the show with the same eyes as, as you had when you first went through it. And it's similar to the Wesley thing, you know? Mm, yeah. I remember what my reaction was to Wesley the first time through, but now I watched Wesley and I'm watching this. I mean, I no spoilers, uh, but I, <laughs> I'm watching this um, Shakespearean arc uh, that I know he's going to go through. And it gives me a uh, much greater appreciation for him early on and I think Kate has the opposite problem where her writing kind of falls apart at the tail end of her um, time mm. on the show. And so retroactively, when you go, I feel exhaustion watching her in these early episodes <laughs> because I know where this is going. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I'm just like, oh, the back and forth. I hate this. But so then we see he kind of like leaves. We see the teams doing their research. Um I do think it's cute, the Wesley bit, even though he should have known that when they like break into Jeremy Renner's apartment and Mm. he's like, Angel, come in. And he's like, you don't need to invite me in. It's a demon apartment. (laughs) They find that he's been researching schools, which is weird, right? Because it's like a very weird, like the the show does this a couple of times, especially in season one, where they like show you a diversion that does not work. Um, it like, like plays nothing. It doesn't play into the story at all because the next time right? we see them, they're already they're driving into the into the precinct, right? So like, right. why was that there? I guess right. Yeah, that's what I'm because like, I get that he put it there as a diversion, but it didn't do anything. So like, I I guess it was so that Angel could say, "Ha ha! You, you I knew you wouldn't be going to a school bus full of children right. because that's too original. Like, look how good <laughs> a detective Angel is." 
<laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> and then we do get, uh, and I do think this scene is actually kind of cool, where like Kate's briefing everyone. She's like, we're going to stake out Angel because he's probably the next victim. She shows them the Nicole Chidman from the hours portrait. <laughs> and then he's there. And I do, and maybe this is because like, it's the horror in me, but like, I kind of wish it was like more like bloody. Like I wish he had like, Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> like I think it would have been cool. Like the, uh, the lawyers in the wine cellar. Sequence. Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. When, the, when they actually cut to, uh, Lindsay crawling out from a pile of dead lawyers. Right. Um, and that's the first time the show really goes there. And is a uh, has the willingness to kind of show the disgusting, yeah. uh, violent nature of the the, the monsters is is horror and shocking and fun, right? Um, and a little a little yes. bit of that here would have moved it more into the macabre instead of just yeah, again, sort of like eighties nineties yeah. um, action movie horror that really is what it's that becomes right because it's like he's just kind of punching them and throwing them into the wall but like yeah they're all probably fine yeah i kept thinking like ooh, this like because i actually did like we don't sometimes in the buffy verse they do this but not where like the vampire can move faster like not just like angel being able to disarm wesley fast but like super powered fast right and like i kind of i don't know i thought that was cool and i was like I kept thinking like, oh, Kate screaming would have made more sense if it was like, oh, he's murdering her coworkers or like yeah. these people below her. Like that would have also upped the stakes, right? Because like realistically, he's only killed three people. And for an Angel episode, that's not a lot. <laughs> but I do like seeing that. And, you know, I like that Kate at least took it seriously that she did have a stake in her purse, but she doesn't get to it in time. Then Angel and Wesley are like at the precinct. They, they didn't get take the bait for the, the school. They realize that he's taken, Penn's taken Kate to a sewer hideout, I guess. And then Angel's just there. I don't know. Um, it's moving weird, man. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. And like, did nobody see him walk out of the precinct with right? her? And there's just questions, but they did, none of them matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I do like that Kate at least had uh, holy water in her pocket and she has that to like throw on him. I appreciate when they like, you know, like Cordelia who like he's there and she knows she can't fight him. So she's going to open up the blinds because sunlight. Um, I like when they do shit like that where it's like a human who can't really go toe to toe with this monster is still has like their defense stuff. Angel and Penn do weird porny dad son role play where he's like, <laughs> oh, <goodness>. I just. <laughs> Um, tells him he's grounded. Um, <laughs> it keeps going too. It's just right. Yeah, there's, there's that '80s action cheese, right? It, I am convinced that Angel has slept with everyone he's ever sired. Um, yes, like all, right. of, all, like all of eight of season five is is just like me and Spike have definitely had sex before. Like, right. and so I don't know. That's my that's my headcanon. I just wish they would say it because and it doesn't yeah. even make it like any sort of way because they're vampires. Like why right. wouldn't they, yeah. you know? They've yeah. transcended us and our ideas of sexuality. So just say it. I wish both shows had just like fully gone there. And it's like, I yeah. Can't rem- I can't remember the context that it came up with. I think I heard that it was a question Whedon was asked at uh, a con someplace, which was, did Spike and Angel ever bang? 
And his response was, uh, "Those four were gallivanting around. Those four were gallivanting around Europe for a hundred years together. Of course they did. <laughs> yes. Um, you know. But again, uh, right back then, speaking maybe. it at a con versus actually um, showing mm-hmm. it on television. But you also have, there's also an issue of like, and I, I I'm not one to speak to this, but I uh, would worry about um, over queer coding the bad guys and the monsters in the show and sort of what that commentary which Buffy has a lot of queer coding as it is mm. and, and sort of what that how that works as commentary um, uh, might have been something they were shying away from probably not but um, you know I uh, I would prefer more uh, Willow and Tara or you know Lorne and um, what's the demon's name from Once More with Feeling Oh, uh, yeah. um, oh uh, sweet, sweet, sweet. sweet. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know though, because I think the vampires make sense. It makes sense for the, all of them to be queer because it's just like we've lived so long that gay by what even is all of that, right? Yeah. Like we just yeah. we get horny and we go for it, you know. We the, just uh, killed somebody. I'm feeling a little bit in the mood, like like an <laughs> aphrodisiac, you know. We just go for it. It just makes sense with the vampires. I, I think. One of my tattoos is Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas. Their near kiss in Interview the Vampire. And, <laughs> yes. And because it's like, yeah, oh, that's what the vampires are doing. Like, how are you going to limit yourself when you're living forever? Come on. Yes. I. Yeah. I I can remember being so happy when I read Interview with a Vampire and they actually are explicitly yes, like boyfriend. And it's good. <laughs> I that's like one of my critiques of that book is I wanted that to be more of the book than just like mm-hmm. the last what is it? Like the last like hundred or fifty pages. Like I was like, no, give me more of this shit. I like this gay shit. <laughs> I wonder how much we're gonna get of that in the in the new show that's right? coming out. Oh, I think I, would, I think they're gonna go all in on in the new show. You think so? Oh, ooh. I hope so. Otherwise, what's I'm the sizzling. point? <laughs> you are yeah, right, I, Jamie. What is the point? <laughs> yeah, I think you guys point out the flaw in my thinking, which is not to limit representation in any way, but to just provide more and equal on all sides. Right. Yeah. So, no, and I don't think uh, you're wrong either, though. I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I wasn't trying to do that um, because you're absolutely right that like. If every monster is just queer coded, right? Then that's that's a clear and obvious like signal for something. But right, um, I'm just speaking specifically about the vampires. Yeah, <laughs> Zach and I just want to see the vampires fuck. <laughs> just let the let's let's fuck an angel fuck and let us see it. Okay, they they neither of them can Please. lose their souls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I do like the way she defeats. Uh, pen i do i i give kate that i mm-hmm, like that she yeah. gets this like this is one of like my mem i never remember where it is but like i remember this kate scene of like her with the giant piece of wood and shoving it through angel to hit the vampire like i don't remember even that it's a jeremy renner vampire it is petty petty <laughs> <laughs> listen i do like that he's like you missed and she's like i didn't like she's like no i wanted to stab you but i didn't want to kill you but i did want to <laughs> it's so blunt the yeah. the they do a close what i you know either give her a sharper implement or don't do a close up on the the wood itself <laughs> but the, they they show a close up of it and she's shoving that thing through two well one and a half burly vampires <laughs> you know <laughs> and that thing was big. So that the, the direction it went, that went through the spine. 
Uh, yeah. Th- there's still mechanics here, right? If you don't have no bones, you still fall apart. So. I mean, I lo- there's, there's a fun metaphor they're, they're playing with there. That, uh, But yeah, yeah, the, that whole thing. I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> also, I there's no way she's aiming with that thing, right? Like right. she's staking. Both of them are getting dusted. Like there's no way she could be like, oh, if I do it this angle, because it when she stabs it, it goes straight. But like then when we see it, it's like pointed so it like would hit his heart and not angels but like mm. and that's got to be some slayer strength to like really drive that big ass piece of wood through yeah, buffy could do it right right yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> um but whatever i we don't really get a wrap up with him and kate right she just says like she didn't miss and then it's like them huffing and puffing then we cut to um a very good scene of cordelia and angel on the roof mm. Uh, I do like this scene. It's wild that this was written for Doyle and Angel first because oh, for really? me, this scene, yeah, yeah, the, that was what I read that like, I didn't realize that they had written episodes for Doyle before they had like, I guess, fired him. And this feels very parallel to her speech in You're Welcome, doesn't it? Ooh, I like that thought. Yeah, first of all, the I so prefer this to the Doyle bits. I like the yes. Doyle bits. But I get so tired of kind of brotastic, yeah, converse like uh, when when whatever the piece of improv is that they left in where David Boreanaz says I was going to give him any oh in uh, in the dark I was going to give them anything you me your mom yeah the fucking the your mom it, joke it, like <laughs> yeah it's so broy and then this bit at the end it, there's like genuine vulnerability and intimacy between the mm-hmm. two of them. Yeah. The music is wonderful. It's beautifully lit. It's um, it's a very memorable sequence that I really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just, the thing I, and like, you know, whatever, I love Cordelia. So I'm going to talk about Cordelia again. The thing I love is that we really do get like, she comes in kind of like, you know, light, but she also like lights a little bit of a fire under his ass and give him, gives him, the thing they do really well is developing their friendship in this season, which I love. I love because they're one of my favorite Buffyverse couples. I mean, not that they become the couple, but whatever, you know what I mean? And they do a good job of investing in their friendship here before it's ever romantic or like flirty, right? Like she's not jealous when she's like, oh yeah, Angel likes Kate, but he doesn't know it. Like she's not saying that because she's jealous. She's just saying that because it's true. Um, And I really, really love an investment in a friendship first that can build. Um, And I think this is like, a really good moment for them where like we see that even though she's quote unquote, the like people like would pigeonhole her as the dits. Like she's not, she's a good friend to him. And he also, even though he's our like quote unquote hero, he still needs like a pep talk. Right. He still gets like, like mopey and angsty and angel being mopey and brooding. What? (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like usually it wouldn't, Buffy didn't really give him a pep talk when he was like that. That was just like, she was into it when he was like that. They punched (laughs) each other, you know, and then they cried and then they tried to kill each other and then they were happy again. (laughs) It's not the vibes. I I love the vibes in this scene. Like this, the way it's shot is so good. I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know. I, I I don't remember um, off the top of my head. Does it, it, it couldn't have been like green screen, right? Like that's, that, that's gotta be location. I think they're in front of a backdrop. Oh, it's maybe. a really okay. good backdrop, okay. but it's a backdrop. Ah, uh, just ruined the illusion for me. <laughs> it still looks, no, it still looks great. Um, and I, I, I think Cordy looks beautiful like that, that uh, it's a poncho, right? 
I think so, yeah. Yeah, that poncho she's wearing looks great. And there's like this layer of like knowing that that scene was written for Doyle. There's yeah. this layer of like kind of somberness to that and seeing them sitting there without Doyle. Yeah. That, I don't know, just hit me just because I'm like fresh off of those, th- yeah. that episode. Um, that, I don't know. It just really worked for me. This would be when you ask what your favorite uh, scene is, this is going to be it. Spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) This is making me realize, because like I was watching this last night and I was thinking about how much I love Cordelia and Angel and how I do Mm -hmm. ship them and I love them. And I remember this just reminded me that I was briefly freelancing for a website uh, that does lists and uh, I only wrote three articles for them. And because one of my lists was the best and worst Buffyverse couples and I called Cordelia and Angel a best and the website made me change it to a worst, even though that's really, really yeah. <gasps> Give I, us more said, information yep. on that. I want to know what <laughs> yeah, the email I, said. Um, uh, no, they, they just they just changed it. And uh, let me tell you, it's a it's a site that you can figure it out because it's a site that does a lot of shitty things. Um, uh, <laughs> but but I was like, nope. If I, I'm that's it, I'm not doing writing for you again because that's insane. That's not how I feel, and that's not how a lot of people feel. I mean, you can't make me I do that. And, but if you find that article somewhere in the existence, it looks like I. Call them one of the worst couples, and I don't. That is not how I feel. They didn't watch the show. They said, "Who's Cornelia?" No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Jamie, I'm so mad for you. <laughs> right? I know. I was so pissed off. You know, some of the Jamie. I feel like we could like commiserate because writing for some of those sites that would mm. pay like thirty dollars an article was like fucking miserable. Anytime someone comes for those sites, I'm like, please don't come for the writers because. They are getting paid pennies and like, Mm -hmm. it's the sites that are bad. It's not the writers. (laughs) I remember I wrote an article about, it was something with like, something about horror. I don't remember what it was, but it was for a site like that. And they're like, oh, you can't say that Barb could have been queer and that she feels queer coded because that's homophobic. And I was like, what? "What? No, it's not. (laughs) Like, I'm gay and I'm saying, I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) And they insisted it was homophobic and took it out. And I was fucking furious that's so weird uh right and that's like clearly a straight guy being like oh wait that could be and like not actually knowing what he's saying uh, they're worried about their yeah. own tales mm-hmm. right yeah um all right well now that we are at the end favorite scene uh jamie um i think it's definitely when renner comes to the office and then cordelia <laughs> is interrogated like you know realizes it because then we get like like you you calling wesley the damsel in distress is like <laughs> right on the money and i love that uh, it's it's funny it's intense uh, and we get renner with everybody uh mm-hmm. and i love seeing renner with all my angel people because it's weird so it's definitely that scene. is is my question is so angel's irish accent eventually I, such as it is, uh, eventually falls away. Yes. Is Renner still doing the English accent in those scenes or is he, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is he doing an accent in that scene? I, I so I, can't tell. I, I don't think so. he just, he's, I think he's trying to do like serial killer talk. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to do vampire. I, I, <laughs> I think it's specifically a bold reinterpreter of the form. You kind of have like, there's a, when you, uh, when American actors do Shakespeare, there's a, a hybrid style. If an American actor can't do an English accent, there's a hybrid, the, 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 the verse is still written for the English accent. So you have to sort of find a middle ground 
where um, it's this hybrid way of speaking that is not an English accent, but still enunciates the words in the way that they were originally intended. And he sounds like he's doing some weird version of that. And that's scene. it's so strange. We will never know because he's never going to be on it again. He's <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah. He's done. <laughs> Zachary, your favorite scene. Uh, on, on the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian? The, uh, well, yeah, I like the, uh, the, the balcony sequence at the end probably the most. The, can I, do you mind if I go on a little bit of a tangent for a minute? Go ahead. There's two things that struck me uh, this time. I mentioned the through lines that Tim Minear episodes have. Mm -hmm. This episode, I think, uh, has a much stronger connection to a future Tim episode that I hadn't thought about until we were talking, which is the prodigal. The prodigal is about Angel's daddy issues and Angel um, wanting to live up to his father and Angel creating his own killer to sort of be the um, the best. The the first thing Angel does as a, a as a, a vampire is slaughter his whole town because he wants to show. He's constantly needing to prove himself and be the best. Right. And he creates Jeremy Renner's vampire in that same way in this one where Jeremy Renner is being incredibly, he creates the same relationship with Jeremy Renner that he had with his own father, which I think is brilliant and so cool in a weird little way. Yeah, It's just realizing how performative Jeremy Renner is being and how important Angel's opinion of him is hmm. that you realize he duplicated the relationship with Jeremy Renner that he had with his own father, which I think is really cool. But hmm. the... Um, my original reading of this episode was, um, and I'm going to beat this drum a lot for the first season because <laughs> I think it's heavy in the first season and then sort of less so as they go on. But there's a an alcoholic metaphor with Angel that's pretty heavy, and holy cow, does this does that lay on top of this one really beautifully? Where mm-hmm. um, you know everyone's journey to sobriety is a little bit different, but I really identify with Angel. Keeps talking about, but I enjoyed it but I enjoyed it. And I loved drinking. I Ooh. loved, uh, you know, I, I'm not speaking for anyone else. I, there, I, it, it was a, it was an important step in the journey for me to understand that I didn't hate alcohol. I didn't hate, hate it. I loved it. And I still had to make another choice. I had to choose and do something, uh, go a different way with my life to sort of not be run by that. So I love that aspect to his vampire sobriety in this one. Mm-hmm. And another thing that happens when you get sober is you realize that you've surrounded yourself with people who are going to trap you in the life that you've been living up to that point. You know, it, it, there are people who will accept the change that you're trying to make and come with you or allow you to to live that life. And there are others who are as stuck as you are and will... Um, try and trap you in it. And that's Jeremy Renner's part of the metaphor in this one is Jeremy Renner is the, is still the alcoholic. He's still the drinker. He's still the one. And he doesn't understand why, what has happened with angel and tries to, tries to bring angel back into his vampire alcoholism, um, which I think is, is brilliant. And running with that metaphor, Cordy then at the end of the episode is angel's sponsor. She's Angel. Uh, oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, I like that too. <laughs> she's Angel uh, out there to, giving him tough love, telling him 
It's not you listening to him sort of uh, open up about, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of that. And then hit the call to be better, to focus on the next day, to focus on what you can control in your sobriety, which is today and the next yeah. couple of hours, you know? Ian, you're going to so, make me cry. I yeah, love that. That was really good. And it's very much yeah. like the, the the Willow and Amy of it all, right? Yeah. It's it's very yeah. similar to that where I don't think we had – I don't think Willow really would have had a sponsor um, in the way that Cordelia is the sponsor for Angel, if you yeah. will. And I, and I think uh, uh, that's another way that I think the, the Doyle-Cordy swap in this one works a lot better is because it has yeah. that intimacy. Mm-hmm. That is a, that is really good. So yeah, I love this episode. You have to. I don't. I never really love camp, but you have to let it slide and sort of enjoy the rest of what's there. So anyway, that's that's the end of my tangent. Thank you. <laughs> that was good though. That was really nice. That was real good. That, that was. But wait, what is your favorite scene? <laughs> I I wrote down two, and they are the two that have been mentioned. Okay. Uh, Cordy's Cordy sussing out that Renner is a vampire. The the one line. You know, I always think of Spike in the basement when he says, well, who are you going to call? God, that line's never going to be usable again, is it? <laughs> she says, uh, and you're totally pumping me for information. And I instantly hear Buffy in my head saying, <laughs> what else would I pump you for? Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my favorite scene is I'm also aggressively agreeing. I literally wrote down two and it's same two that everyone has already stated. Um, favorite outfit, Jamie? Oh boy, um, is it is it this where Wesley has that little uh, white suit where it looks like he's going to church or like <laughs> yes. celebrate? Uh, he's like it's like Easter Sunday and Wesley's Wesley's looking his best. Like I don't understand that outfit at all. It's so jarring to me that like I have no choice but to love it. I love that because I was like, you like that outfit? I don't. Lo- oh, you don't like it either, but it's your favorite. Okay, no, I get it. <laughs> I do, yeah, exactly. Like that's me. Like I, I, the worse something is like that, the more I'm going to love it because it's just. <laughs> he, he, the linen suit makes him look like a lawyer who's escaped from a John Grisham novel in the Florida Everglades. <laughs> yes, it's I'm from Florida, and that is very much like Florida. Uh, like we're we're businessing it up, you know. Yeah, uh, Zachary. Uh, I I'm gonna go with uh, Jeremy Renner's red and black at the <laughs> at the middle of the episode when he goes to visit Gordy. I think that's just with the chin strap and everything. It's just weird. It's ugly, but it's memorable. <laughs> yes, that's it. Ugly but memorable. Ian. Well, uh, I'm always gonna have a problem with this question because my default answer is gonna be whatever Charisma Carpenter is wearing. Listen, that's uh, still uh, always uh, my default. Yeah. So, uh, so I try and go out of my way to to pick something else and in this one it's it's going to be the john grisham everglade suit but the real answer is the the cordy and the draw like leather drawstring thing she's wearing with the jade necklace see and and mine is i think cordelia looks great they put her in this like like deep green turtleneck and then she has like a red skirt that has like a floral pattern on it yeah now, what grade do we give this episode in? A minus if you're grading on a curve for season one, but probably a B plus. All right. All right. Uh, Jamie? Uh, yeah, I agree. B plus. The plus is just for Renner existing. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's where the plus comes from. Uh, Zach? Uh, I'm going to do straight B. I I feel like a lot of these episodes so far have just been Bs. Like, they're, it's okay. The, but I'm not, you know, I'm not falling in love with the show like I feel like I should be for you, Ian. <laughs> I, I, I have no doubt that you will eventually. This season is very rough. I, I feel like I'm in, this is the most I've enjoyed it, is going through it. 
for the podcast. And I've gone through it a couple of times. If I, if I can advocate, remember Buffy season one. I love Buffy, Buffy season Buffy one. Buffy season one was rough. This, uh, the way I would describe Angel season one is dry. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I know I, I like Angel because I've seen episodes that I like of Angel, right? Like I didn't drop into it in season one, mm-hmm. so I know we're yeah. going to get there somewhere. <laughs> it's a, this is a, this is a lot of like really dull colors and dull like it just yeah. feels a little dull right now. I the the example I will use, which I, Jamie, you will either appreciate or want to punch me for, is <laughs> it, it's like. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one. I like- Okay, yeah, no, uh, I will fight you on that one. <laughs> I, I firmly think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season one is legitimately very good, and I don't understand why people think that. But, uh, but you, that's know, you, really thought, you really thought you had somebody to relate to here. <laughs> I, you thought you had a friend. <laughs> Jamie and I always talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're like the only two people that like don't shut up about that fucking show. <laughs> it's my third favorite show after Buffy and Angel. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. So I'm going to give it the lowest grade. I give it and I still sit here C plus slash B minus. It's like you're even right worse there. with your grades than I am. Ian. <laughs> like every episode I've been on with you has been a bad grade. <laughs> um, thank you all for joining me, Jamie. Thank you for being our first oh guest. For Angel thank you so much. Like last time I did the show, I was like, please have let me do Renner. And then you let me do Renner and I'm honored and grateful. And it was great to meet Ian and Zach today. Thank I- you. Honestly, when I asked you, I was worried you were going to be like, Ian, I was joking. I don't actually like that episode. (laughs) Bring me in for any episode and I'll be thrilled. (laughs) Um, And uh, if you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to us and give us a good rating. It would be much appreciated. And you can support us on Patreon. We are finishing up Harley Quinn Season 2. We'll be getting to Harley Quinn Season 3. Um, and we're still going through What If, slowly but surely. And um, if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I am at IanXCarlos. Jamie, where can everyone find you? Oh, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at at Jamie Cinematics. And Ian, where can everyone find you? Uh, Twitter at Ian Nitram, which is my first name and last name Martin spelled backwards, and uh, youtube.com slash passion of the nerd. And Zachary, where can everyone find you? Well, I do a very nice, humble uh, horror <laughs> podcast with uh, my buddy Ian Carlos Crawford here. Uh, you can search us at My Bloody Judy. We're currently doing a reaction series to Pretty Little Liars Original Sin. It is A+, plus that show. Um, and then I do a a, uh, a morning and a late show with my husband called Coffee and Tequila, if you want to look that up as well. Um, yeah, Zach and I, it's just us aggressively agreeing about how good the new Pretty Little Liars is. <laughs> um, and thank you to Vanessa Mackey. Uh, she put both My Bloody Judy and Slayer Fest 98 in a list of uh, the best horror, queer horror pod, or yeah, queer horror podcasts for uh, the Mary Sue. So thank you for that. And thank you all. We will see you next time. Bye.